0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like trade markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklubik. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to Grain Markets and Other Stuff. This is, this is uh, what is the date today? December 7th. It's Monday night, 7 p.m. We've got Chris Barron from AgView Solutions with us. Chris, you doing all right tonight? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you um, coming on the podcast and the YouTube and the Facebook and the whole uh, social media media deal with me tonight. Um For any of you out there who are watching, I want a couple of housekeeping items here before we get started. Anybody out there who's watching, if you have questions, um, drop them in either the comments on YouTube or the comments on Facebook. And uh, we will see them and we will try to answer any questions that you might have here on the live stream. And remember, if uh, you want to go back and watch this, the video is going to live forever on YouTube and on Facebook. Um. after this. So if, if you have to step away tonight for some reason, uh, you'd be able to go back and watch it tomorrow. And I'm going to post it um, as an audio only episode of of the podcast also. So this is the second edition of what I'm calling the Grain Marketing 101 series, and it's called Know Your Numbers. And I, I have only, Chris, you're actually only the second guest that's ever been on uh, the show. And And I tend to bring in a guest when there's something that I feel like I can't necessarily discuss entirely on my own and this know your numbers conversation i i thought that first off i probably couldn't do it totally on my own and second off i thought very first you were probably the guy to have so um chris why don't you talk about yourself for a minute uh you run a farm in iowa Agv solutions is your business um uh tell everybody a little bit about yourself
0: yeah thanks joe yeah so as you as joe said i farm in uh Northeast Iowa, we're just kind of about halfway between Cedar Rapids and Waterloo, Iowa. So we're kind of in that eastern central part of the state. Um, We're about 25 minutes from the largest ethanol plant, ADM, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They burn through about a million bushel of corn per day. So we're pretty lucky from a basis standpoint being in that area. So I grew up in this area on the family farm. Uh, We raised hogs for the first 20 years of my life. And then, uh, kind of got in more involved in our family um, seed business and then uh, more into crop operations. We started working with farmers on cost production analysis about 27 years ago now, going into mm-hmm. year 27. so I didn't know flies- it was that long. I didn't know yeah. it has been that long. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun and some of this gray stuff you know. starts to starts to come, I guess, as you get a little more experience. But uh, it's been a lot of years of working with producers. It's been extremely rewarding. We learn so much from producers and the goal is is to just to keep that information circulating back and forth to, to growers. And so our family operation, we farm um, with, in conjunction with about eight other farm operations. We have one line of machinery and, um, and uh, crop yields this year were pretty good, but uh, not quite as good as expected, but uh, we'll survive and, and make out okay this year and be back at it again next year. So
1: Now you said 25 years ago is when you started helping farmers with cost of production and, and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. When we got out of the hog business, my dad challenged me. Um, I had all kinds of data on our pork production side of things. I knew pigs per sow per year, I knew feed efficiency. I had all the numbers dialed in really close. Mm-hmm. We really didn't know a lot on the crop side of things. We didn't track the numbers as specifically as we should have. And so um, my dad challenged me, he said, you need to dial in your numbers. If we're going to get rid of these hogs, we need to figure out how to grow crops and how to do it per- profitably. And Mm -hmm. so that challenge brought me to a college roommate, a friend of mine that we sat down and we developed Profit Manager. So um, when we came up with that, that many years ago, um, it's developed since then, Um, just working on trying to figure out how how do we dial in these numbers? How do we look at things better? And how do we make better economic decisions as it relates to marketing and purchasing and machinery and equipment management and just all the challenges we have? But it's been it's been pretty cool to uh, watch it evolve because we've built it by what farmers have asked for. They, you know, I want to know this, I want to know that I want to know my, my costs of certain areas. And so um, we've just built it over the years to the point where it is now, which you'll see in a bit. And when we hear people talk
1: (laughs) about grain marketing um, the, the phrase know your numbers or know your cost of production, we hear that, tossed around so much and if if people if if people are to ask me say Joe what's the what's the number <laughs> one thing you should know in regard to grain marketing I mean knowing your own numbers is is without a doubt the biggest thing um, why do you think knowing your numbers is is important and and what does it do for you what does it do for your customers
0: well I think number one there's a perception and then there's reality so there's a perception of what you think your numbers are and then there's there's the reality of what they are. And sometimes we we want to know, but we don't want to know. Mm-hmm. In other words, sometimes they may not be as good as we think, or we're just apprehensive about really knowing them. Well, the, truth, so, is, the truth is terrifying sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> well, one of my partners always says, you can either be informed or you can be happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some people just choose happy. But I think informed allows you to make better decisions so that you can eventually be happy. And, you know, what I see a lot, though, when we work with producers is, um, we'll have a grower call us, and they'll say, you know, hey, I want to know um, what my cost of production is better, um, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job, and and most operations are anymore with from the standpoint of knowing um, how to manage the accounting side of their business. So they they have a really good accounting system, they have a really good accrual system. The problem is, is we have to do predictive analysis. In other words, we mm-hmm. and what we'll do tonight is we'll look at 2021. We're going to say, okay what's coming our way? We got to, you know, just like the futures market, you got to be able to predict and to be able to analyze what's coming at you. And so that's really what we try to do with profit manager is is to create some predictive analysis so that you can make those future sales, you can make those decisions. Um, Because usually what happens is you have a really short period of time to make those decisions. And so you need to really be able to put some numbers together, feel confident in them, and then be able to take that futures position. I
1: had this topic a little bit further down my <laughs> list, but you brought it up. So I'm going to ask you about it. Um, you talked about accounting and then you talked about forecasting and there's a big difference. Um, ag accounting is not the same as what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. What What is the difference?
0: Well, again, what we try to do is is we try to help producers take the numbers from last year and then and not just roll them over and use the same numbers like a lot of people will roll a cash flow over from the prior year and just move the numbers over and change the acres or something. What we want to do is we want to populate those numbers and create a live version of what our plan is. And so this is an evolving thing. Your your numbers are constantly changing. It's a moving target. So you got to watch this and you got to continue to dial these in because um, you know when our margins are as tight as they are, you know you can be off 7, 8, 10 cents a bushel on corn for example and that might be your margin and so, really, what we're trying to do is every single line item expense, instead of just, you know, categorizing machinery cost or fuel cost or, you know, healthcare cost or whatever it is, from an expense standpoint, we're trying to categorize these things. And we look at these things in terms of a cost per bushel, a cost per unit, so that we can make better decisions rather than what we're writing a checkout for. And I'll talk more about that in a minute when we show you the program, too.
1: Yeah, and there definitely is a difference between what your accountant or what your CPA can do for you and and what a guy like Chris can do for you. They're two totally different things. They're both necessary things, but farm accounting and farm budgeting I think are two totally different things. Um, do you want to bring that slide you had, um, that first one up and I'll throw it on the screen here. Um, here we go. Let me see here. Uh here we go. Okay, seven keys to knowing your numbers. Give me, give me a quick rundown of what we're looking at here.
0: Yeah. So I'll start with this, and we'll finish with it. But you know, we're going to talk a little bit about just the key of knowing, you know, all of your expenses, pulling everything in that you have. And so, like I said, a lot of times, you know, we want to be happy, but um, sometimes maybe our costs are tend to be a little higher than maybe what we think they are. And sometimes it's not so bad, but it really is all about pulling everything in. Number two is about accurate numbers. It's really about um, making sure that we spend the time that we need to, to extract the numbers from what we've really done, whether it's seed or crop protection or machinery and equipment or whatever it is, what did we actually spend? What do we actually forecast that we're going to spend from one year to the next? Um, Number three is just updating and reviewing these numbers. Often, you know, just as markets are moving target target, so is your cost of production and so is your yield. So it's really those three key variables that create, a really um, consistent moving target. So you've got yield price and cost that are all moving and they don't move synergistically, they move separate. And so we got to keep an eye on all three of those. Number four is just knowing um, what your bushels are as a percent. I'll talk about that here in a little bit and the importance of that. But, you know, a lot of times what we see is, is people have thought they've made sales. They sold 10,000 here, 10,000 there. Maybe five five thousand bushel there, but it only ended up being like six or seven percent of their sales because their farm operation has grown. Mm-hmm. So we really need to dial in on you know what is ten percent of your bushels by crop, so that when you make these incremental sales, they mean something. And then uh, knowing your break even, I think is really important at every yield level. Um, again, production is the number one thing that impacts your bottom line cost of production, and the number one thing that impacts profitability. Uh, marketing is very important, but you don't if you don't have anything to sell, that doesn't do you much good either. And so you need to really keep a close eye on that yield and manage that throughout the growing season. Number six is margin target. Um, I'm a big proponent of not setting price targets. I want to margin first. I want to know how much money I want to make and then I want to know where my cost of production is. And then when I add my margin to that, that becomes my my price target rather than chasing the market and chasing a price. And we can debate on that in a little bit. And then number seven is just applying the numbers. And so it's a communication thing. It's like, you know, everybody that's watching this, listening to this now, I think this is a key thing is constantly educating ourselves. And it's working with somebody like you, Joe, or somebody that can help us understand how to apply these numbers, how to use the right marketing tools to manage those margins. And then it's about staying disciplined you know, and, and sticking with the plan, but yet being flexible. And so, um, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on with that piece there, if that makes sense. What, uh, what, if you had a, if you had a guess,
1: Chris, what percentage of farmers, uh, in your experience really actually know their numbers? They, they actually know what you're showing me on the screen here. And I see you've got a, a budget up here.
0: Yeah. And we'll get to that in a second, but I guess I would say, um, it's a it's a low percentage that are accurate. A lot of people know their numbers or they think they know their numbers. And I would say it's kind of the 80-20 rule um, with everything. It seems like, you know, probably 80% of people think they know their numbers and a lot of them do pretty well, but only 20% of them are probably accurate to the degree they need to be. Mainly mm-hmm. because the margin is so tight. And if you're off on your cost of production by 10 or 15 cents a bushel, that's an issue. And a lot of times I get some kickback on, on the yield. Well, I don't know what my yield is. Well, nobody knows what your yield's going to be for sure, but you know what your five-year yield average is. And if you don't establish a target, you have nothing to shoot at. And so you know, I'm a huge proponent of getting that five-year actual production history in front of you not an APH number, but what do you actually produce on a five-year yield average? And and I've got a few guys that actually use a 10-year and they'll use an Olympic average. So they'll kick out the highest and the lowest yield and they'll use a 10-year. And that, that works pretty good too. So there's just different ways to to plug these numbers in. But I think a person has to be confident in these numbers so that then you can make decisions and be disciplined with the decisions. So if that makes sense. Before
1: you get into the nitty-gritty <laughs> here...
0: Um, So the
1: the yield thing, you know, every year during the growing season, of course, is a moving target. It's it's moving almost every day with weather conditions and and that sort of stuff. Right. Um, When you're talking about price, it's the exact same thing. Do you advise that most most of these guys look at at their spreadsheets? I mean, on a daily basis, is it a weekly basis? Mm -hmm. Is it uh, how, how often do you recommend that a guy looks at this stuff?
0: I think you, you look at it as needed. And so every time you make a change, I think you need to look at it because the target starts to move. Mm-hmm. So if you are, for example, you get to summertime, it's always funny to me. People have a hard time spending money on, say, for example, fungicide um, becomes emotional because lines of credit are getting full. And, you know, look at those numbers, see what your cost of production is, see where your a- average marketing price is. What do you have left to sell? Um, factor in those actual prices, and then let those things dictate some of these decisions on on the on the cost side of things as you purchase things. And, and also, I think you know when you look at um, the yield, and as that's changing, that's going to change a lot of these decisions. And so, I think if you look at this every single week, it's a good thing because you know things are changing around you all the time. And the more you mm. look at it, the more you're going to use it. And I'll show you in a minute. Two, where we track the marketing and I think a person should have their cost production um, tool should be connected, interconnected to your numbers. So you're so when you're doing your marketing, your numbers are right on that same book. <clears throat> so I'm not saying it has to be profit manager, but whatever you use, you should have those things both interconnected so that when you're looking at your marketing, you're, you have direct connectivity to the cost side of things.
1: Hey, Chris, bring that uh, sheet up again on your screen. Um, why don't you talk about some of the numbers that uh, you track? And uh, one question that I have in particular uh, that you could talk about maybe as you go, what are some of the numbers that people are are missing consistently or are always off on or maybe fail to consider? I guess that's that's do your rundown, but, but see if you can kind of answer those questions too.
0: Well, I'm going to answer your first question first then, because it's the top line. Mm-hmm. So you can see my mouse here moving around, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So on uh, line nine here, where it says return to management, what that category uh, means is that's your your overhead costs. That's your payroll for your employees. That's your owner draw. That's your health care costs. That's um, kids that are in college and you got payments on that or you know um utilities and different things like that or you you accidentally bought a boat and you got a payment on that boat and those I've done that yeah and that and that, those things occur with farmers as well and so when we have these expenses and that money has to come out of this bucket it has to be entered in in terms of a cost on a on a per acre basis and so this is the summary i'll get to the how you populate the detail here in a minute but i see this this category missing a lot and and i'm going to just jump over here real quick cuz i want to see what this is so if you look at this return to management category here on our corn page for profit manager there's that 448087 and that's just where we're at on average right now with our average client that's 6.2% of the cost of production um, average acres for our clients right now is 2197 um but when you look at that that's uh it's going to take 11 bushel of corn to cover that Okay, it's it's 23 cents a bushel of your total cost of production of our clients of the data we have in here yet. By the way, we only got about probably 15 or 20 percent of our profit managers in here. So it's a a low amount of data. And again, these numbers here that you're looking at don't get hung up on these numbers. Again, like you said in the very beginning, Joe, it's putting your own numbers in this type of tool that's so critically important. But Mm -hmm. the key is, is what what is the cost for your overhead costs that you know you just ask what are people missing well in this case it's 23 cents a bushel well you'd start making sales 23 cents too soon if you don't have all of your costs in here and so that's why having them all included is so important and again you know what is it as a percent of cost gosh you know, that's got to be a
1: highly variable number yeah. to from farm to farm. I mean, that's probably got to be about it's, a, like one of the most highly variable. It's the
0: most wide ranging of all the categories we have. So that's a good point. Um, usually what we see is anywhere from, sometimes it's a positive number. So if a if it's a producer and a spouse that has off-farm income coming in, or there's another business generating revenue that comes back into the farm, we've seen this number be positive occasionally. Mm. And we've also seen this number as high as over $200 $250 an acre, I think is the highest I've seen. But usually when that number is extremely high, that means that the land is probably paid for and they're drawing that money out for cost of living or paying other family members or just using it as profit back to the owners. I see. And so and so that category is relative. And that's why I'm not a big fan of, of um benchmarking. There's there's places where you can benchmark yourself against somebody else. My my challenge to everybody listening to this is. Do you track your numbers? Do you have your final numbers, and can you benchmark against yourself? Because that's what means something, because you can benchmark against somebody else, and if their situation's completely different, that information's meaningless right and so <clears throat> so that's why I think it's so important. Um, <clears throat> back to this <clears throat> excuse me, back to this uh report here, though, this is um, giving your report here in this first column of your corn. Um, I've populated it with the soybeans and then I haven't yet put wheat in here, but it'll dump wheat in side by side. Or we have some Canadian clients that use this that have as many as uh, I think eight or nine crops. So what we like to do is we like to put these crops side by side so that we can see what the profitability is on those. And and just from the standpoint of breaking things out, these are the categories Um, And, you know, if you're watching this later, these categories, you can can kind of look at land payment, taxes, interest, insurance, seed, fertilizer, nitrogen, herbicides, fungicides, insecticides, basically crop protection products, Um, custom applications. And that's specifically for spraying for for applications for crop protection. And then we have a machinery and equipment category, uh, which I'll talk about more in a minute. Um, Grain hauling drying and storage. Those categories we've determined over, like I said, you know, plus 26 years of doing this, going into 27 of doing this. This is telling us these are probably the key, not probably, these are the key categories that over the years we've determined that we really need to know. Um, I won't go into it right now, but we do have a budgeting tool. Um, it's in a tab here. I think everybody, from that return to management category, you really need to have a budget for overhead expenses that's separate from your cost production. So you can just dump a budget number into your cost production analysis for your marketing. Mm -hmm. And I'll show you that here in a bit. Um, So any questions on this page and I'll hit the the corn page quick and show you. Um, No, go, go ahead and jump to the corn page. Oh, real quick. um, I see a bunch of people
1: have jumped onto the live stream here in the last uh, 15 minutes. If you have any questions, uh, real time here, I'm watching the comments on YouTube and Facebook, uh, feel free to chime in with questions and uh, I'd be happy to either answer them or, or, uh, ask Chris, uh, for you. If you, if you're watching and you want to, uh, to, uh, chime in.
0: All right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So really what we try to do is again, we want a page for each individual crop, and then we want them to report back to this report page. So that ultimately at the top here, you can see we get to a total income, a total expense, total revenue, a per acre profitability level or hopefully a profitability level. And what's that ROI, what's that return to management look like um, for the operation? And again, um, just for anybody that's just jumped on this average acres here, this 3856 is just happens to be an average of the client database that we have in here currently. So, again, don't get too hung up on these numbers Again, it's just so important that you put your own in there. Average land cost, when we look at land, what we do is we, we add up what your cash rent payments are, what your principal and interest payments are, and we divide that by the total acres. So in this case, this $448,000 would be accumulation of cash rents, principal and interest payments divided by total acres. And that's how, how we come up with this land cost. And, and again, you know, it's very different from say North Dakota or New York or somewhere than it is from say Texas or, um, you know, central Illinois or I, middle of Iowa or whatever, those numbers are going to widely vary and mm-hmm. why it's so important. But, um, again, property tax, we just dump in there, whatever your property taxes and divide that by total acres, that number is going to end up being, Smaller in some cases. This group that I have in here right now, obviously, I think is probably about 50 50 owned and and cash rented, it looks like based on where that number is right now. But um, that number gets lower the higher, the more you rent, the more you own, the higher that number is, obviously, divided on a per acre basis. Um, Interest, um, basically, that's just on operating because we have land interest up here and we put all the machinery and equipment interest in a category I'll show you here in a second. Um, crop insurance, that's just, you know, what's your crop insurance? Excuse me, your crop insurance premium for crop insurance. The next category is seed cost. And again, you know, we'll, we'll pick on, let's go back up and pick on insurance for a second. You know, I have a lot of people sometimes questioning between say 75, 80, 85, and some of these add-on products that they're talking about this year. I think are real important to consider um, because when you look at crop insurance. And in this case right now, it's the, of the operations I have in here with their projected premiums, that's only, you know, just shy of 3% of their total cost of production or 10 cents a bushel. How many, uh, how many, uh, options can we buy for, you know, 10 cents a bushel, Joe? Um, on corn, you could do, some pretty
1: substantial, uh, risk management.
0: Right. So, you know, so if you look at this, you know, we start looking at, okay, let's add on, um, some risk protection with some of the options by your crop insurance, know what you've got invested on a per bushel basis. Um, just like you do with your option strategies. And, and that's mm. why I think it's so important to know what these, these are, um, with seed cost, you know, every year it seems like, uh, seed crop protection, some of these, uh, high level input costs tend to seem to rise every year. Um, But a lot of times, you know, maybe they don't rise as much as we think we do. If you look at the average corn increase somewhere between two and a half and three and a half bushel yield increase annually every single year. But if what's the seed cost going up, is it going up Mm -hmm. about what you're getting extra for value, you know? And so it's really looking at what's that cost per bushel. What is it as a percent of cost? and how's it compared to last year? You know, and looking at that technology, and that's why again it's so important to to look at your own information from one year to the next. Fertilizer and lime uh, here in this category, and then uh, nitrogen, obviously for corn or wheat or whatever. Um, Crop protection here, chemicals. It's always interesting to me as farmers. Sometimes we spend a lot of time um, beating up the crop protection person. I don't sell crop protection, but you know, if you look at it over here, it's eighteen cents a bushel. So you know, okay, we drop this. Number here down by you know let's let's drop it down to you know even twenty five dollars take ten bucks off of that you know what it change your cost five cents I don't know about you Joe but I screw my marketing up more than five cents a bushel. Um, it's easy to know, do on, yeah on just one decision you know so you know you want dead weeds you you know I, I mentioned that that crop you know the crop protection and yield is so important to the bottom line and I think we got to be careful on what costs we cut. We want to make sure if we're cutting costs, we aren't cutting things that are going to impact yield um, on the machinery and equipment. Great, hey, Chris. I had one question uh, come yep. in here on insurance. Uh, yep. Is the insurance cost
1: crop only, or I think are I think the question is, are you are you incorporating different
0: sorts of insurance? Okay, so all of your like life insurance and casualty and all in, you know, and vehicle insurance and all that, your um, buildings and home insurance and all that stuff would all be in your budget and would all fall in this category here of return to management, because those are all compensation um, things that are back to the business. And so, and we have a budget page. I just, um, this is the, this is the budget page here. I'm not going to spend any time on it, but just to kind of show you, We have all of our categories here. And whenever you work through this type of a program, you need to make sure that all of this stuff's interconnected so that that way your budgeting can feed back to this return to management category. And then instantly- So that that insurance line though, that that line 15 there, that's just
1: crop insurance?
0: Yes, that's just crop insurance. I think that
1: was the question. Okay. Yeah.
0: I get carried away because I get, sorry, having fun with the numbers. So you got to You got to rail me in once in a while here. No, it's all right. Keep going. So, all right. And so, again, here's a a fungicide, um, other crop protection, insecticides or whatever, Uh, any custom applications, the machinery. These numbers here, I think, are, are very interesting. A lot of times, and you can do it a couple of different ways here. You can come in here and you can plug in the total value of your machinery And then what we do is we plug in 25% and then that'll give us a quick equipment cost. I don't like doing that. We can do that with people if we want to get a real quick number, Mm -hmm. but it's very important, you know, right here in this operation data set, we're looking at 62 cents a bushel. I would challenge anybody that's listening. And and some of you guys, I know probably already know this because if you're working with me, you do know this number, but you know, what's your cost on a per bushel basis for your machinery? for your equipment fleet. What is that? That was, one of the,
1: that was one of the things you said ahead of the, when we talked before that, that people got wrong consistently.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's okay. I mean, but what, what we do is, is when, and, and I'll just show you real quick, we go in here and we plug in um, these costs on a, on a per pass basis for your machinery. And we do this for every operation. So this is an example of a planter you know, we plug in the equipment value, we plug in the power unit value, and we plug in the percent of use. And then from there, we look at logistical overhead costs, we look at fuel consumption, we look at labor. And then we also use this 25% category, which what we've seen with machinery and equipment over the last couple of years, is that we've had a fairly high inflation rate on new equipment. And and we've at the same time for the last six years, because commodity prices have been under pressure, there's been a slow update of the machinery and equipment fleet to the point where, you know, a lot of us are actually behind probably where we'd like to be with updating equipment. Mm-hmm. And so now when you say, for example, you look at a sprayer that maybe costs, you know, the last time you bought a sprayer, maybe it was six or seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, and it was 250,000. Now that same sprayer is 400,000. Well, if we are not calculating in as part of our cost production, the inflation, we're putting in an inaccurate number. Because if you're not going to stop farming at the end of that period of time, then your cost is going up. Even though you're not writing a check, you have an inflationary component plus the depreciation component. And so when we calculate these numbers, they're not going to match your accounting. We're forecasting what your cost actually is. And so in this case, you know, this is 2,200 acres. This, this planter here, the cost on a per pass basis is $26.92. If that were my farm operation, I would want to know what my cost is, as opposed to know what the local university says it should cost to plant corn. Because I guarantee you that everybody listening to this has a different number. And so it's so important that we know our own numbers on each pass that we do to cover our machinery and equipment fleet so that we get to that number. Is it 62 cents? Is it 72 cents? You know, what is that number? And the only way you get to that number is, is to identify what these individual prices here are on a per pass basis of the passes that are applicable to your operation. So Machinery and equipment is the second largest line item expense. You can see here on this data set right now, they're at 16.8% mm-hmm. of the total cost. It's one of the biggest ones. It's the second biggest next to land. So and,
1: it's, it's one of the biggest ones and it's one of the ones that people probably have the biggest problems with or maybe get wrong the most.
0: Well, and, and, yeah, and you have <laughs> that plus you have, you know, a lot of people wondering, well, when should I trade? When should, you know, where's my cost? Is it where it should be? The other thing that is interesting, too, is, as I say, it's the second largest expense. In some areas, it's the largest expense. You go into, like, North Dakota, South Dakota, in some areas where they don't have $300 or $350 an acre um, rent, you know, like <clears throat> like we do in, you know, in Iowa, Illinois, and some of the I states where you have some really high rents, um, it, it's the largest line item expense, I guess, is what I'm saying for some of the northern States. So then when you look here, we've got grain handling, um, your hauling charge. It's always interesting. A lot of us know, okay, well, I know what it's costing me to haul my grain. Let's say, for example, it's 14 cents. Another way to think about it is what's it costing you per acre? So like in this example here, it's 14 cents to haul it, nine cents to dry it, four cents to store it. That's 53 bucks an acre. You know, so a lot of times we, when we think in terms of per bushel, we need to think in terms of per acre. And when we think in terms of per acre, we need to think in terms of per bushel so that we look at things from a three dimensional perspective, rather than looking at these expenses and, and saying, you know, okay, I'm pretty good here. Cause it changes your perspective. It changes how you look at these things. And, you know, if you're measuring it, you can improve it. But if you're not measuring it and looking at these things from different angles, it really, it really can, can make it so it's really hard to improve from there. So on the bottom of the report page, What it does is we plug in the yield, the actual average yield that's being projected from this data set that I've got in here. They're at 196. Their average yield or average uh, price projection is actually 410, but that's with a 15 cent basis projection. Mm -hmm. Some of them have it locked, some of them don't. And then we're using nothing for government payments and nothing for other income this year. Um, We pretty much did that last year. We pretty much do that every year. Uh, unless it's a known government payment like a CRP or something that you know for sure you're going to get then you can plug it in there but if you there's don't there's not really
1: then, any way that you could budget for it i mean unless you know all this stuff seems to come up during the year it's uh, there's not any way you could budget for that stuff prior i mean in right. the vast majority of cases at least as of late
0: right and i just plugged in 10,000 bucks so let's say these farmers on average get 10,000 bucks that's 2 cents a bushel Right. You know, so it, and people always tend to think in terms of, you know, it's four dollars and fifty five cents an acre. You need to know almost instantaneously you're going to get a check for one hundred thousand. What is that? You know, or you're going to get a check for whatever or you're going to spend a check for whatever. One hundred thousand dollars, that's forty five bucks an acre or twenty three cents a bushel in this scenario. Mm. It changes the ROI, you know, and and by how much. And so all of these things need to be interconnected because when you call somebody and say, Hey, here's, you know, we're getting real close to your target. How long does that last? Right. I mean, a lot of times we have like five minutes to make a decision. So you need to have this stuff in front of you so that you can run scenarios instantaneously, mm-hmm. I guess is, is kind of the message there. But um, we also look at crop insurance here, you know, we'll plug in. Um, once we get to that time of year, we'll plug in the coverage level the person wants to buy where their APH is, what the spring price is. then we know what the insured coverage level is. Then what we do is we kind of look at that gap between the level of coverage they have and what their cost of production is. And then you kind of know how many dollars you have at risk, you know, um, with your operation. So you really can understand what the risk scenario looks like. So then on the bottom line, it just and this all prints out on one page. And Mm -hmm. again, like I said in the beginning, my dad challenged me put it all on one page. So we have each crop on one page It prints out and you can just, you know, it's an easy report to look at easy one to read. And then you can kind of see where you're at and it's excellent for giving it to your lender too. And also to you, Joe, if, if a grower, you know, sends you a PDF of their corn and their soybeans and you know exactly what they're projecting. And then whenever they change it, that probably makes your life a little easier. Doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, being somebody who has questions about you know people come to me with questions about mm-hmm. grain marketing right um it's what I always tell people about prices is like something you mentioned, people pick price targets the The prices mm-hmm. of corn, the prices of soybeans, the prices of wheat they're just arbitrary numbers. It doesn't matter if if corn is four dollars a bushel or four hundred dollars a bushel. all it really matters is is that cost versus what it costs you to grow it. Um, so, yeah. you, you know, the, the numbers in themselves, I mean, it's it's great to talk about, you know, four and a half dollar corn is high because that's been the high end of the range the last five years. I mean, that's all well and good, but when it comes to marketing and, and making profitable decisions, uh, yeah, knowing your numbers is, is. I mean, that's like step one before you can do, mm. before you can make any sort of mm. business decision or marketing decision.
0: right. And then what what we like to do <clears throat> based on what you're saying there too is this is interconnected then so this feeds into this marketing page so right before we got online here I just typed in a couple of um examples but let's say you know we made a sale for 410 on 10,000 bushel and like I said you know like in this data group of producers that are in there that's a 2% sale mm-hmm. you know a 40,000 bushel sale is closer to 10%. So again, it's knowing what what your percent sold is. Um, and it should be telling you right in front of that when you're looking at this, where am I at on my insured bushels sold? Mm-hmm. Because you buy insurance so that you know where, where you're at on this because that's what gives you the peace of mind to make these sales ahead of time. And that tends to work pretty good a lot of the time. I mean, I'm not obviously saying that that's the, this year it was a little different, you know. But, you know, this all needs to feed back into your marketing page so you can kind of see where you're at on percent sold, how many bushels per acre by crop do you have. And so we do this. This is all interconnected to each crop regardless of how many crops you have. And so that's really a, a key thing. Then that way, if you're sitting there, you know, looking at this and, you know, maybe this price level wasn't wasn't quite high enough for whatever reason, you know, you need to buy a call option or. You know, whatever things you need to do, we can go in here in in the comments, which are off to the side. You can't see, but um, we can go in there and we can put a position on the board, but yet tie it to specific bushels so that we're not we don't have a disconnect between our our trading account and our cash account Mm -hmm. so that we know exactly where we're at. And so a lot of times most of the people, excuse me, when I get these profit managers back, I can kind of see what they've done um, on the board and where they're at with their cast position based on maybe what they spent on options or what they gained on options or whatever. So the other thing too, is just knowing again, and I said at the beginning, but knowing where this line in the sand is. And so we talked a little bit about return to management. If return to management, you're paying yourself part of, part of cost production is paying yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you know that number, is on this line and we come in here and we look at say 200 bushel corn and the cost of your cost of production after you pay yourself and all your expenses is 364 and the corn price of corn is you know 395 cash you got to look in the mirror and say why would I not make a sale here mm-hmm. you know and so that's why I think all of these numbers need to be interconnected back to some sort of a reporting thing to give you perspective versus, you know, versus the, maybe the perspective you have, and then this becomes reality, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to perspective. And so I think that's really the the key message, I guess. Um, any other questions on kind of, this is kind of a really fast um, approach to look at it. I mean, there's a ton of tools. We look at um, the cost of money, um, you know, what it's, where your interest rate is at, and we'll punch in the bushels and then we look at what it's costing you for the money to have those bushels in the bin mm-hmm. you know, and for corn. A lot of times it's, you know, two and a half cents, but it depends on what you're paying for interest rates. Interest rates have come down. So that's a little less of a burden now, but if interest rates were start would were to start to climb, you really want to pay attention to that inventory. You know, everybody talks about gaining carry, but there's a cost of carry as well. And so you got to offset that, that gain in the carry by what is it costing you to carry it as well. And so we, we like to look at all that stuff too. And then obviously bring it all back to, to this last thing I would mention too. Um, I think you had a question earlier, um, corn versus soybeans versus wheat. I don't have wheat in here. Yeah. I I was going to
1: ask you about, um, uh, next year's acreage possibilities and kind of what some of the early stuff was showing you in terms of, uh, what's profitable, what's not. And, and what that might mean for acreage.
0: Yeah. I think right now I'm seeing a a pretty consistent um, status quo on acre mix, corn versus soybeans. And we're seeing, you know, in fact, this, the data that I have right now, and this is going to change because I don't have, like I said, only about 20% of our growers in this mix so Mm -hmm. far, but um, it's showing, you know, $46 an acre on corn versus $31 margin on soybeans after all expenses. And so, I would say, you know, and, and we're, again, we're using 395 and 1003. I mean, there's a lot of areas you can get quite a bit more than that 1003 and, yeah. and probably even more than that 395. But again, those are cash on farm prices. So they're not board of trade prices. That's right. cash after discounts and everything all in there. And, and that's kind of how we look at it. We look at this as cash. So if a person has their hedge account and things, you know, we'll, we'll back that in um, either by... Uh, either on their marketing page or you know middle of the year or a couple of times a year, we'll square that up um, and kind of see where they're at. But I think you know right now between corn and soybeans, I think people are leaning more towards going a little bit heavier on soybeans in a lot of areas, particularly in Iowa where the derecho went through. And then also some other areas, I think, versus cotton. We've got guys in the south, I think there'll be a few more cor- uh, soybean acres instead of cotton and probably some corn acres too um, versus the cotton. Um, from what we're seeing, but I haven't talked to many of those guys in the South yet. And I will be, I'll get smarter on that stuff here in another month or two. Um, First,
1: I have kind of a, uh, a more broad, uh, marketing question. Um, I'm going <clears> to <throat> back on the big screen here real quick. Okay. So, the, I'm going to play devil. I'm going to play devil's advocate in, in regard to marketing for a second here. And I just want to see what you think. And you've been through some of this sort of stuff. So the last Let's say since like 2014, I would say that the markets, like the corn market, the soybean market, have been kind of like walking this tightrope between profitability and no profitability. Like almost every year, you're you're presented with prices that are profitable and then prices that are not profitable. So in, in that sort of environment, uh, setting margin targets, of course, has probably worked pretty well, I would imagine. My question is this. What how how does this sort of marketing strategy work out for people when you get into extended bull markets or periods of of profitability that last for months if not years like like how did this stuff work out for people back in say uh you know that that second golden age of agriculture from you know 2006 through like 13 i mean it was it was a lot different environment from you know these numbers were
0: a heck of a lot different back then because they were almost always profitable for a moment in
1: time. Mm -hmm.
0: So 2008, I'll say through about 2012, um, a lot of people would yawn when we'd start trying to put these numbers together. There were a couple of years where all you had to do is wake up and make money. You were making money. So people would have a tendency not to pay attention to that. Conversely, we had some clients that paid attention to that and capitalized on those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Right. So you could make money, but how much more could you make? It was exponential on them on even more um, by managing that same scenario with even more opportunity. Um, I would also answer the question by saying, you know, 87 percent of the time in the last um, and this 87 percent I'm giving you is not statistical. So I just ran some really quick math on this, but about 87 percent of the time in the last four years, our clients have been in the red.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So
0: there's there's a a very short period of time, which a lot of times it's like in June or July Mm -hmm. or maybe in January, (laughs) you know, you have like a couple of days, you know, when you could actually, or should have maybe pulled the trigger on like 60 or 70%, but nobody knows that ahead of time, ahead of the crop being produced. So you sit there with all this time with not very much opportunity. to answer your question though, back on the, you know, how did everybody do when it was profitable? One thing I will tell you is in 2012, nobody wanted to sell 13 corn for $2 less than what the price of the corn was in 2012. Yeah.
1: You yep. know, it was I seven, recall. it
0: was it was seven fifty. And who in the heck was gonna sell corn for five fifty? Yeah. Who's that stupid that they'd sell corn for five fifty? Yeah. I don't know how many times I heard that in 13. You got well, the same a, thing.
1: You got the same thing in soybeans going on right now. I mean, exactly. you got by futures at, at, you know, 11, well over 11 and a half and, and, you know, a buck cheaper for next year.
0: Yeah. That's why you need to put together your 2021 forecast and make decisions independent of the past, mm-hmm. you know, past, you know, what's, what's your qualification at the bottom of all these lines, you know, past, performance doesn't predict the future you know definitely does not there's, right.
1: there's a lot of truth to that
0: yeah so you have to you have to run your numbers in real time and you have to make the best decisions you can with the information you have i mean i've got a number of of our kids were in the military and they've told me numerous times you know we don't go into battle or you don't go into a mission with 100% of the information if you waited for 100% of the mission you would get slaughtered because you would never be able to 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 move forward and to achieve the objective. And you know, if you wait for too much information. So you get to thirty, fifty percent of the information, you better start making some decisions. And so that's really, I think, applicable to marketing as well. In a market like we're in
1: right now, which is, you know, we're in bull market territory in these row crops. The the biggest obstacle to marketing always is is fear of missing out on on those higher prices. It, it really is. And it's, it's even, I think whether you know your numbers or not, it's, it's probably still an obstacle.
0: Yeah. You know, you talk about fear, it's fear and greed, It's both, but fear, yeah, fear is the biggest one. I mean, if, if you're really honest with yours, I, I sell on fear. I always do. And I know that. So you got to diagnose yourself first of all, and you mm-hmm. got to figure out how you make decisions and why you make them. I'm always afraid that I'm not going to be able to sell at a profit level. And so when I get in the black, I I tend to sell too much. But you you need to understand yourself. You need to figure out what you do, and what you maybe do that you could improve on, and then slowly try to manage yourself that way. And and everybody had to recalibrate themselves after 2008 through 2012. I mean, Mm. it was is a total recalibration, you know. And maybe we'll all have to recalibrate. I hope we all have to recalibrate a little bit. But the but the thing that happened from 2008, 2012, is all of these costs followed along. And so, yeah, we had a lot of higher commodity prices, but we also had an increasing crop protection price. We had increasing seed costs. We had increasing land costs. We had increasing machinery and equipment costs. And all those things follow along to a degree that we live in a commodity business with a margin that has to be managed. And so, I mean, that's really the key is knowing that you know, we can all wish for five dollar corn, but I get you. I'll bet you a uh, hundred dollars. What's going to happen two minutes later is we're going to see some price increases on every single one of those line item uh, areas as well. You know, it's going to be yeah. time to it's it's going to be time to pay a little bit more for seed, a little bit more for that combine trade. Um, the wife's kitchen might need updated. You know, because prices are higher, you know the land the land rent's going to go up a little bit, and so it's a margin business. We just got to manage it.
1: Yeah. So what what do you think going into twenty twenty one? I mean, given this kind of odd, like contra seasonal type thing that we saw in the markets this year, um, what kind of obstacle do you think that presents? Is is this going to keep people from making forward sales next year? Because because they saw this late season rally, is it going to steer people in the wrong direction? Do you think? I I think that's a possibility personally.
0: Yeah, I think it is cuz I've talked to a few people that have zero sold for 2021 and I'm yeah. not I don't give marketing advice cuz I don't know where it's going. I leave that leave leave it up to you to well, I don't know to, either so. <laughs> to tell us what to think, but you know the reality of it is is you know almost everyone that I've ran so far is in the black for 2021. Yeah. Last year people were selling they were starting out selling corn 40 cents lower. they were starting out selling oh, yeah. soybeans a couple bucks lower um, so why why would we not start here? I, I don't know I mean oh, I remember even, I remember even over the
1: summer there were people selling 21 corn at a loss already this past summer because things looked so hopeless before this rally. I mean it it's it's just amazing how fantastic or how how quickly things can change. I mean yeah. it's, it's just absolutely phenomenal how these markets can change, how just the whole overall setup can change. And that's why knowing your numbers is so important. I mean, it's it's important to know how those big shifts impact your business, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and when you look at 2020, as crappy as this year was from a whole bunch of reasons, derecho, mm-hmm. COVID, oh yeah, all kinds of things. Um we are very very blessed as producers to have had Um, some of the, the financial aid come in that has come in because that's, that's literally the margin. Most, most of our clients or most anybody listening to this, you can go back. And if you take, if you subtract any of the additional revenue off the top, you're probably in the red or you're probably barely breaking even, um, You know, those who aren't probably didn't sell anything, and probably wouldn't be using this tool anyway. Because, you know, we we were forecasting as as these payments were coming in, we knew what they were, and then we knew what we could make some sales at. Some of the people who didn't make sales, though, it's interesting and see what you're seeing. But one of the things that we've noticed is that people who started selling way too soon, and by way too soon, and and can I show you another? Page and I can bring this up real quick. Yeah, bring it up. Um, This other slide. So, this slide right here, I just put this on here today. This is d 21 corn and it's the, the database we just looked at, right? And so, I talked about a margin target. So, here's an example. If your margin target for your farm operation is 24 cents a bushel, or in this case, $47 an acre is where you would set your margin target to begin sales. Then you know that would be a 395 sale. If we've got basis of 15 cents, that would be a board price of 410. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's shooting for a margin target or ROI of six and a half percent, which was on the profit manager that you just looked at, or at 196 bushel an acre up here in the right. Okay. That cost production on the tool you just looked at was 371 a bushel, and these are all cash prices except for this board price here. So what you have to look at is I showed you your break-even sales price at every yield level. Well, if your yield goes up by 10 bushel, guess what happens here? This thing moves down. Yep. All of a sudden, now your line is moving down here. So what I like to do with this line is if your yield's going down or you, or you think this yield's too lofty, then move it up a little bit. But you need to be looking out in history. You mm-hmm. or not in history, but you need to be looking out into the future is what I'm saying. All this stuff back here has already happened. It's too late. Right. But if you take this arrow and you say, okay, I'm going to put this out in front of the market and I'm going to say, okay, my cost of production is 371. Okay. Anytime these markets are above this line, again, you got to look in the mirror and say, why would I not start making sales? And again, that line's different for everybody. This is just an average of some people of you know, some operations that I have in here right now, Right, what's your line? That's the key is answering that question to yourself. What is your line? Where do you need to start? And once you know that it does take a lot of the emotion out of it. And then I can go to somebody like you, Joe, and say, all right, I need to, you know, I I don't want to do it all in cash sales. Maybe I want to buy some puts, or maybe I want to, I made some cash sales, but I want to leave the top side open or whatever it is. You can do those things then and feel confident about what you're doing because you know what you're spending as it relates to those individual bushels in in a unit perspective. So, yeah. And that's, that's why I wanted to do this conversation
1: today because it's one thing for, for people to say, yeah, know your numbers, right. We've, we've heard that a million times, but it's another thing for a person to actually go through every single one of those line items and, and be accurate with, um, with the numbers and, and especially this, the more complicated things that you mentioned, like, like machinery, for example Um, it's, it's really a lot more complicated than it sounds. I mean, know your numbers. Okay. That's fine. I know my numbers. It's, it's not, it's not simple. It's not a simple thing. It's just like grain marketing is not simple. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's maybe in hindsight, it's simple to say, yeah, I should have sold here, should have sold there. But uh, this stuff is, is incredibly complicated. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything about it is.
0: Yeah. And, but it's very doable and it's, it's a matter of time. Mm -hmm. And one, one statement that I always make, and I think people I work with probably get tired of me saying this, but you know, you can, we all spend so much time working in our business. I mean, every farmer I work with is phenomenal at growing a crop. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just, they're amazing and they know all of their hybrids and their crop protection and the different, you know, herbicides and fungicides and you know, which which technologies and what variety and all that kind of stuff. But the amount of time that is spent on the agronomic side, which is critically important, if we could just take a little bit more of that time and move it over into the marketing side, and I'm guilty of this myself, and I do this stuff a lot. And so, you know, it is just ask ourselves, how much time are we spending? And you need to really get this cost side dialed in first, and then transition that time over. But we spend so much time working on, you know, in the business, you know, out in the shop or doing whatever, how much time do you spend working on the business? And when you're working on the business, your pay goes up by about 10%, by, by about tenfold. fold. You know, so if you're making, you know, $20 or $25 an hour in the shop, you know, take that times 10, if you're in the office doing some of this planning, I mean, my wife's always really good at it, you know, and I don't, I'm not as bad as I used to be, but I'd want to go out and shop and work. And she'd be like, you know, you're out there doing that $20 an hour stuff. You could be in the office doing 200 or 300 or $400 an hour stuff, which is very true. And I think that's something we all got to be cognizant of.
1: Yeah, I did it. I did a podcast episode a while back. I think I called it five minutes a day. And I said, you know, a lot of guys don't even spend five minutes a day looking at their spreadsheets or their marketing. And if they did, even if it was just five minutes, that that would be probably a big improvement for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And that's where it it doesn't have to be profit manager, but you need to have this tool, um, some type of a tool where you have that information in front of you and you have it connected to your marketing. You have it on, you know, right on the um, front page of your computer so you click on it it's on on the front of it so it's just right there it's quick and easy and it's open all the time so when you sit down at your computer it's there and then it's top of mind all the time so I think it's key
1: hey chris do you want to uh bring your website up for us real quick um i want everybody who's watching to to know where to go if they're interested in in taking a look at this uh software that you offer um, I know your business called Agvy solutions and and if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, I've got uh the link to chris's website in the description um on on both Facebook and youtube i think so you should be able to find it, but I'll have chris pull it up and and I think you said you have a demo, don't you
0: yeah, so if you go on our our web page here, you can kind of see this profit manager there's a tutorial there um it's It's more fun to watch too. I just had a girl recall me from Illinois earlier today. And he said, I really liked the video a lot. The thing I liked most about it is how high the prices were. So when I did the video, the prices were quite a bit higher even than they are now. So, so you'd be happy looking at the numbers anyway. Great. Great. Well, Chris, thank you uh, for coming on with me
1: tonight. Um, If anybody has any questions for Chris, um, you've got his contact info there. Um, If you have questions for me, um, shoot me an email to info at standard or you can leave it in uh, the comment section on YouTube or on Facebook. And, uh, I'll get back to you, Chris, you got anything else to add here?
0: I don't, I think I just appreciate the opportunity to be on here. And if anybody has any questions or needs anything, um, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is text me or give a call, uh, 319-533-5703. And, um, you know, if you got specific questions or, or want to know more, feel free to call me. Very
1: good. That's all I got. So everybody have a nice night. Uh, Chris, thanks again. Uh, I'll catch you guys next time.
0: All right. Thanks.